Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is The World in 10 from The Times of London on Sunday the 5th of February. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Amy Gill. The US shoots down a huge Chinese balloon which it claims has been used for spying. All of a sudden I seen the missile come out, it hit the balloon... The balloon's fallen. And at least 23 people have died in wildfires in Chile. I left my house with only the clothes I was wearing. I put on a pair of slippers and some tights and left the house. There was no time to set up a fire break, nothing. The Times of London. It's been drifting around US airspace since the end of January, but a giant Chinese balloon has now been shot down by fighter jets. It just shot it. I was expecting it to happen, like, you know, in a couple minutes. There was no actual explosion. So there wasn't no, like, big fireball and flames or nothing like that. It was whatever they shot out of that plane, you could see the trail of it leaving from the plane and getting ahead of it. And then all of a sudden, you seen the balloon just go. And the top of it was just like confetti. And the bottom of it just like slumped like a balloon, you know. That's photographer Travis Huffstetler, who saw the balloon as it was taken out over South Carolina. US President Joe Biden issued the order on Wednesday, but waited until it was in an area where no one would be at risk from falling debris. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down. And I want to compliment our aviators who did it. And we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. This latest development brings an end to a saga which has shone a spotlight on the worsening diplomatic relations between the US and China. China had insisted the balloon was doing nothing more than measuring weather patterns and had entered US airspace by accident. That argument didn't sit well with Washington and saw US Secretary of State Antony Blinken immediately call off this weekend's trip to China over the irresponsible act. But Greg Treverton, who chaired the National Intelligence Council under President Obama, told Times Radio he can't see why China would use a balloon to spy in the 21st century. From the Chinese point of view, I, I can't imagine exactly what they could learn at 60,000 feet that they couldn't learn from a spy satellite. So for me, a still a puzzle. Spy balloons have flown over the United States several times in recent years, but this one lingered longer than others. In a statement, Beijing said it strongly disapproves and protests against the US attack on a civilian unmanned airship by force. The military will now recover debris from the balloon, which is spread over an 11-kilometre area, as questions remain about how much information China may have gathered during the balloon's trek across the United States. 
At least 23 people have died as dozens of wildfires sweep through Chile. Emergency orders have been extended to three regions with over a thousand people seeking refuge in shelters. In Purin, which sits in the southern region of Araucania, people sift through the debris. One survivor spoke about fleeing the fire. I left my house with only the clothes I was wearing. I put on a pair of slippers and some tights and left the house. There was no time to set up a fire break, nothing. I think everyone here went through the same situation. Officials say the weather conditions have made it hard to put out the fires that are spreading fast. 16 new fires sparked in the southern hemisphere country on Saturday and local temperatures exceeded 40 degrees Celsius or 104 degrees Fahrenheit. According to official figures, at least 99,000 acres of land have been burnt, which is an area larger than the U.S. city of Philadelphia. President Gabriel Boric cut short his summer vacation to visit those injured by the fire in hospital. We are with you. All of the government's strength will be used to combat the fires and to accompany all of the victims. The families and loved ones of the fatal victims will all have our help. We are deeply sorry. And at a press conference, Interior Minister Carolina Toha said international support had been requested. She says several governments in the region have agreed to help reinforce Chilean emergency services. Spain, Argentina, Brazil and the United States are among the countries that have offered help. You're listening to The World in 10, insight and analysis into all the top stories from around the world and all in just 10 minutes. On the way, former Pakistani president Pervez Musharraf has died. To Western Australia now, where tragedy has struck in the Swan River in Perth. A 16-year-old girl has died after being attacked by a shark in Fremantle. It's the first fatal attack in the Swan River since 1923. Acting Police Inspector Paul Robinson says the teenager, Stella Berry, was pulled from the water with critical injuries but couldn't be saved. She was with friends uh, on the river. Um, they were on jet skis. Uh, there was possibly a pot of dolphins we had been seen nearby. Um, and the young female jumped in the water to swim near, nearby the dolphins. Friends of Stella's gathered at the riverbank to remember her on Sunday. One of her friends, Lara Connolly, described her as the sweetest and smartest girl she knew, while the area's premier, Mark McGowan, offered his condolences to Stella's family and said the state government would look at what could be done to prevent any similar incidents. More than 100 species of shark live in Western Australian waters. Experts believe a bull shark may have been behind this attack. It is unusual for a shark to be that far down the river. But again, we're relying on the experts and their knowledge. Uh, and at this point in time, um, an, an alert's been put out, uh, a text alert. Um, as a shark warning just to let people know that this incident has taken place. The last fatal shark attack in Western Australian waters was in November 2021, when a 57-year-old man was killed by a great white shark at Perth's Port Beach. Dr Vanessa Perotta is a wildlife scientist and is keen to highlight that attacks like this don't happen very often. If there are dolphins... There are not necessarily sharks, but dolphins and sharks do share the same environment and they may overlap in their habitat as a result of moving between the waters or seeking prey in certain areas. So this is very rare. Swimmers are being advised to stick to patrol beaches and check for updates or warnings before getting into the water. Former Pakistani President Pervez Musharraf has died at the age of 79 following a prolonged illness at a hospital in Dubai.
Pakistani military and the country's mission in the UAE announced the death of the ex-leader who was ousted from power in 2008 and living in self-imposed exile. The four-star general seized power in a bloodless coup in 1999 and enjoyed strong support for many years. Following 9-11 and the US war on terror, Mr Musharraf was one of President Bush's strongest non-NATO allies. But aligning with the US went against Pakistan's long-standing policy of support for the Taliban. This and his heavy-handed use of the military to quell dissent lost him support among conservative elements in Pakistan and a target for militants. Owen Bennett-Jones is a former BBC correspondent in Islamabad and spoke to Times Radio about Mr Musharraf's legacy. The, the biggest thing to say about him was that he was a dictator. He won power at the uh, end of a barrel of a gun. Uh, yeah, it was bloodless, but nonetheless, it was a force of arms that got him there. Mm-hmm. And yet when he ruled, he was actually quite liberal. I mean, he was a, a non-dictatorial dictator. Local news reported that Mr Musharraf's body will be brought back to Pakistan on Monday for burial. And with big news about Conor McGregor's return to UFC, here's John Jackson. We now know who former UFC champion Conor McGregor will face when he makes his long-awaited return to the octagon. American Michael Chandler will be the Irishman's opponent later this year, but not until the two have coached in the UFC's The Ultimate Fighter reality TV show. McGregor is a former featherweight and lightweight champion, and he was the first UFC mixed martial artist to hold two world titles simultaneously. He's not fought since suffering a gruesome leg break against Dustin Poirier in July 2021, though. Chandler also lost to Poria in November last year and is a three-time lightweight champion in UFC's competitor Bellator. He's lost three of his last four fights. No date or location's been announced for the bout, although it is expected to take place later this year. Music royalty will be out in all their finery later for the 65th annual Grammy Awards. Comedian Trevor Noah hosts a ceremony for the third year running, starting at 8pm in LA. Leading the nominations is Beyonce, who is on the cusp of becoming the most decorated artist in Grammy history. She already has 28 wins under her belt, but if she picks up just four of the nine categories she's nominated in, she'll beat the record of 31 held by the late Hungarian-British conductor George Salty. Rapper Kendrick Lamar is a second frontrunner in the nomination stakes after Beyonce up for eight awards while Adele and Brandy Carlisle have seven each. Tonight's ceremony will also see a special celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip-hop's beginnings featuring some of the genre's biggest names including Missy Elliott, Public Enemy and Queen Latifah. And finally, what would you be willing to put on your skin to nourish it? Well, a Syrian beauty centre offers treatments using snails. Yes, sibling beauty therapist Mohammed Al-Hafa and his sister Reham offer slimy facial treatments, which they say are growing in popularity. The snails are placed on the customer's face and excrete a slime, which is said to help nourish the skin. Though there is no scientific evidence to prove this, a 30-minute session will set you back 67 US dollars. The Syrian siblings aren't the only ones using the slimy creatures. Beauty products containing snail slime have become more popular in countries such as France, Thailand and Italy. And that is your World in 10 from the Times of London on Sunday, the 5th of February. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.